Katya Rachmatilina is a name that has seemingly burst onto the bikepacking scene this past summer, finishing second at the 2023 Tour Divide and winning this year's Colorado Trail Race, setting a new women's record in the process. This year, Katya is tackling the Triple Crown of Bikepacking, an unofficial race series in the United States that includes the Tour Divide, the Colorado Trail Race, and the Arizona Trail Race. Today, we had the pleasure of talking to her about her most recent races and her approach to bikepacking. Hey, Katya. So great to have you on the podcast. Uh, Where are you calling in from today? Uh, calling in from Oakland, California. Woohoo! Okay. Amazing. Um, and you just started a brand new job. That's correct, right? That is correct. Woke up at five thirty a.m. Wow! And that's so I mean, you cool. told us before we hit record, but where where is your place of work? <laughs> or I guess you're working remotely. Um, I'm working remotely, but pretty much everyone I work with is in Finland, um, far far away. So they're all doing all their work while you're snoozing and then you're playing catch up in the morning, it sounds like. Yeah, it's kind of like a game of not maybe broken telephone, but a telephone for sure (laughs) where I have a question, I ask it, then they come back and hopefully they have a full answer. If not, I ask a question and then two days later I get the answer. (laughs) It sounds like a slow process for sure. uh, It's it's fine. And what kind of work are you doing? Uh, Still don't know exact project, but more or less like a data scientist on flood prediction on flood prediction yeah or oh. mm-hmm. what i used to do before is just like simulate a bunch of disasters so like think flooding think fires oh. like even traffic like for evacuations oh yeah okay interesting wow so you have like an actual critical job to society that <laughs> actually influences change or or lack of change but Oh, that's the hope. I mean, there's a lot of hate on tech companies, and I think a lot of them don't produce a lot of good things for society, but I feel like my work is um, good, and if I could save or prevent one life from you know, mm. dying, uh, then that's a good thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's Amazing. super cool. Very awesome. You're, um, I feel like a lot of the people in the ultra cycling world actually are like brainiacs, and they just like you're like, you hear what somebody does and you just think, wow, they're literally saving the world. Or like you just said, if you can just save one life, like they're doing very important things. Um, at least the majority of people that do ultracycling, I think it takes like a very particular person. It seems like you might be one of those people. Katya. I think there's a lot of engineers and it might just be like a planning, rational brain, mm. like not getting overwhelmed. I think there's overlap in the but it's People funny who... that you say planning because yes, it is in, our, <laughs> in our research for this episode, uh, my favorite thing I came across was a quote uh, when you finished the end of Colorado Trail and someone asked you if the race went according to plan, which we'll get into the race a little bit, but you say, I never have a plan. I just let my body do what it wants and decide the plan for me, which I thought was so cool to have no plan. It's a type of plan to not have a plan. <laughs> amen to that i'm in the same boat katia i feel you all the way through and through also on that topic um cynthia huge congrats to you oh thank you thanks so much (laughs) yeah high five to both both uh, of us for for some exciting racing recently um so for the listeners who didn't see the title or don't know enough about katia she just won the colorado trail race and also Mm -hmm. got second place at the tour divide this year so a huge Congrats to you on both of those. Those are huge races in the U.S. Um, and also like very huge in terms of like undertaking. They are not just something that 
like you can do in two days and then like recover in a week. Like they take longer than that for sure. Um, and we'll definitely get into some more of that. Um, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, in terms of like racing and your background and all of that, can you just give us a little bit of a description on like, obviously you said that you rode your bike to earlier, you said you rode your bike, um, before we got on the video podcast about from Michigan to, um, Oakland, where you went to school, um, when you were, I guess, would that be undergrad? You uh, grad school, grad school. Okay. Super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Okay. So you've been riding bikes for at least, I don't know, maybe it, but how long? When did you get into I'd say riding? Six them? years is when I probably okay. got my first real bike. Okay. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about what happened when you got your bike and you know how you found bike packing and bike pack racing. It the yeah. list goes on. Yeah, tell us a little bit. It was it was all pretty like, I don't know, general. Uh, you know, first you get into road biking, um, and then you get into mountain biking and then you get into races. Uh, but yeah, about six years ago when I was still living in Michigan, um, I broke my leg and that kind of made me sad cause I like to exercise and move around and yeah. someone just gave me their bike to ride around and, uh, the sense of empowerment from far, how far away I can go on it, mm-hmm. uh, was pretty mind blowing. And then one thing leads to another, like first you bike your 30 miles and you're like, well, I can never run that or walk that in like an afternoon. <laughs> so you're like, that's awesome. Uh, and then uh, I bought my own bike, like that fit me, went on my own mini tour around Michigan. Um, my leg oh. was like still broken. My mom, I think for what? Wait, wait, months. hold on a second. St- wait, wait, it was still broken. <laughs> Your leg was not well, fully healed yet. Uh, legs take, I'd say, I broke my legs twice now, different legs, um, but they take about a year Oh, okay. plus to fully heal. But before then, there's a range of like what you can do probably three Mm -hmm. months after you break a leg you can bike on it but Mm. like you're still limping around um so it was the limping around stage okay wow (laughs) but yeah so I went on a tour and that was awesome because again leg is kind of broken can't really run uh but I could bike away for 100 miles self-sufficient well Mm. stop at stores not hunting animals and limp in the store the people there are probably like what is this girl doing She's got like a bag of gummies and a Coke and she's just yep. living her <laughs> it way was through. way more chill then. I just yeah. feel like stop at coffee shops for three hours. Hmm. Bike oh, that's most, awesome. Pure bliss. No yeah. idea that you're never going to get to do that while racing. <laughs> the good old days. Of, <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> that, was, that was the golden era of my the biking. Go- <laughs> um, so that really hooked me. Um, I really just like loved how far I can go and how independent I could be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a car at the time. Um, still kind of don't, I'd say. Um, sharing one with my partner, but we only use it to go far away, not like around town. Mm-hmm. So that was just awesome. Um, so I was sold on bikes and then did a few like local races. Uh, that year in undergrad, I actually would bike away to the town over, like maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 miles round trip. And just do all my work in this tiny town because hmm. like I could bike there and then bike yeah. back. Uh, so like love that. Uh, and then after I graduated that summer after graduation was either have a job or bike to grad school, which was in California. And then one of my other classmates uh, also needed to go to California. And she also did some bikepacking, bikepack touring before. And so we just decided to set off. Uh, oh. But the funny thing is, 
I've never ever changed a bike tire, and I just like I didn't even bother learning. I was like, I'll just figure it out. Um, somebody, somebody will pull over on the side and help us. I know it will happen. So literally, the two of us left, never changed the tire. I don't think we brought like a rag for our chain. We're like, oh, the lube is enough. <laughs> okay, I have to admit, I still don't bring a rag. I usually I don't just either. end up yeah. using something that should like be a paper used. towel, like a piece of n- a napkin from a, a whatever. Well, that's a plan, and that's fine. That's we, a like, plan. Somebody, oh my gosh, wait, hold on, full stop. Uh, the person who got second at Badlands, Kara, was telling me that she literally would carry these little, um, they're like fish oil packets that her mom would save from like sushi or like, you know, an Asian dinner out and they would save them and she would use them as chain loop. And I was like, hell yes, that is reuse or, you know, repurpose. Mm -hmm. I love it. So your chain smells a little fishy, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Okay. So you're, you have, you have no experience changing a flat and you uh, didn't bring anything to, to clean your chain with and you're riding from Michigan to California. Tell us, tell us our first flat was in Nebraska. So we made it pretty far. Oh yeah. But then we had a flat, like two, three flats every day. And we quickly learned what to do, learn how to patch. So now my next question is how many patches did you put on one tube? Like what was the record? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) uh, probably three or four, not that many, but you can't carry enough tubes. Um, Yeah, no. You just have to patch all the time. And then in certain areas, you just get so many flats. So survived that trip. It went well. Don't think anything... Uh, yeah, nothing major happened. Didn't okay. fall on my shoulder. Um, I think that was the biggest leg mm-hmm. injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that was the kind of the bike packing era. Just loved seeing how far I can go. And then once I moved to California, I still rode a lot of road, um, like road biking. And then I remember being amazed at the hills. And one of my like newly acquired friends was like, "Oh, let's go bike up the Berkeley Hills." And it's like a thousand foot climb. I was like, whoa, that's insane. I don't know if I could do like a thousand foot climb before. And then obviously now it's like fine. It's like an afternoon ride. But I came from Midwest flats, even mm, though yeah. I biked toward the, I don't think we really did more than 5,000 feet ever. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I rode, around, I rode around just locally quite a lot. And then um, my commute to school and back it was pretty far and like a really steep hill. Um so just kind of like a lot of commuting every day because I didn't, again, didn't have a car. And I got into randonneuring. That was like the next thing. And randonneuring is this French style of like, I think it originated in France, but this event that every like city or state usually has like a club. Mm-hmm. So we have San Francisco randonneurs. And essentially every so often we have events like at 200K kilometer, 300. I think the, the biggest ride is 1200 kilometer, which is Paris, Brest, Paris. And it's every four years and it happened mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of the very first events that I did was a 600 kilometer event that was on my birthday. Um, mm, and that's like 380 miles. And I don't think I've ever biked. Well, I did bike over 200 miles and I remember being like, whoa, like I bike hundred miles and I bike 200 miles in a day. Like, I'm totally, <laughs> like, that's crazy. What's next? So the next thing was like, whoa, over 300 miles. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so it was just like more and more exciting. Um, and so I did that ride and actually did pretty well and like made quite a lot of friends and I love the hmm. community, like the renewing people. I've, like there are different circles of like let's afternoon gravel ride let's do renaneuring let's do coffee outside so like different levels of extreme 
So lots of road then. And about three years ago, I bought my first um, hardtail. And I was really reluctant to mountain bike for the longest time because I was hmm. just afraid. Uh, but um, yeah, I learned how to bike on that pretty well. And then my partner, we met like four years ago. Well, I guess I must have gotten a bike more than that. So probably a mountain bike four or five years ago at this point. Time flies. <laughs> Time flies when you're having yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> But then because he mountain biked more, we did like a tour around Tahoe on mountain bikes and like just around the neighborhood. We have some parks. I'd go more often and just became better. And then maybe two years ago, I got a full suspension bike and that was a game changer. Uh, I totally yeah. became a mountain bike person. <laughs> yeah. Full squish totally changes yep, your perspective yep. on like, I remember I started gravel riding and then got a hardtail and then got a full squish. And it's like, oh my gosh, all these things that were horrific before I yeah. mean, mountain biking, to be clear, like I still think it's terrifying, but <laughs> everything becomes like suddenly much more rideable and enjoyable. Well, and you learn, like there's that feature that terrified you. Now you can do it and then you can go back and be like, well, it'd be more like jarring, like rattly, but like, you know, it's the same skill. You just feel It's the best feeling when, you, when you're, when you like, waiting for the feature and you go over something and you're like, wait, was that it? Like, you're totally <laughs> yeah. not phased by it, you know? Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so you so you got proficient at mountain biking. And yeah. that um, was five, four or five years ago when you got uh, the mountain bike. That's when I got it. I think mm -hmm. I got, like, pretty decent at mountain biking maybe only like two or three years ago okay. two-ish the, mm -hmm. the full suspension yeah. whenever I bought that um and yeah that has been a game changer and then that's last year is yeah last year is when I did Colorado Trail for the first time and I did do it on my like full suspension which has like 150 travel <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's like a downhill so going uphill must have been fun <laughs> um Alexandra Hutchins she said that it's the heaviest bike she'd like lifted I was like oh, oh my god that's <laughs> wow are you gonna do the race wait wait did you do it on the same bike wait you already did no no, no okay 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 I... okay I was like, if I'm going to want to be competitive, I, I should try to find a bike. And that was actually a stress, uh, kind of a point of stress to me because hmm. I just can't afford to keep buying bikes for every race. So what I yeah. kind of wanted was a downcountry bike. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I don't need two full suspension bikes in reality. It's mm -hmm. just for the race. It's nice. So I was like, I don't know what to do. So I ended up using um, Jackson, who's my partner, his Kona Hanza, which is a hardtail. Um, cool. It worked out nice. nice. Um, I actually really like that bike. You did the Colorado Trail on a hardtail? Yeah, I I lots of people do it. I on think it's the way tails. to do it. If you want to be fast, that's the way mm. to do it. Interesting. I mean, hardtails are more fun. Definitely it more depends fun. On the, it depends on a hardtail. His geometry was pretty, like, yeah, pretty slack. So mm. it's easy mm -hmm. to go fast. And okay. I didn't feel too jostled um, nice. like on the downhills. Well, obviously not so jostled because you set, I think you set a record by over a day, right? Amazing. I think it was a tiny bit under a day, but yep. Okay. So that's modest. still that's still that's still a whole day basically. We can <laughs> yeah. speak in general terms. That's amazing. And how Thank long you. did wow. it take? It took you five five days, one hour, and I mean I think the actual time was like twenty some minutes, but I think Okay, so days. you you beat the the FKT by a whole day and only a five day race. That is very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh to be fair though, I think five of us were projected to be like did beat their previous wow. record so cool it's not just me <laughs> well it just yeah. shows the level of competitiveness that women's bike pack racing and ultra cycling is is like 
being thrusted into, which is really, really wonderful to see. Mm -hmm. Super cool. It's so fun to watch a race when it's like really close. The end of the Colorado Trail race, Mel and I were texting like, holy, (laughs) holy shit. It's also fun to race. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. So, oh, we we can get into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how people do like just FKTs. I'm not sure. Um, I think like for some people, it's like a huge driving factor. But for me, I don't know about you both, but like I need the like group atmosphere to feel competitive with myself mm-hmm. and others. Um, oh, yeah. If I did an ITT, I think I'd be slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's kind of like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I think there'd also be a little bit less joy in it for me, frankly, Mm. like those micro interactions that you get with people on the trail. Like, of course, you're out there for yourself, but then you run into someone and you'd like talk about what crazy thing has happened in your day or maybe not crazy thing, but just like having those moments of interaction for me is a huge thing because the community is super special. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so true. God, I love it. I love the bikepacking community. It's amazing. So many weird people. So I think I read 75 people lined up for Colorado Trail. And do you know how many of those folks were women, Katya? Uh, I actually don't know. Last year, I think it was 12. This year is definitely more. Oh, that's amazing. 15, 17, maybe? I don't know the exact number. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Well, I mean, the time has never been better, in my opinion, to invest in women's sports. Like, I mean, you two both just had incredibly exciting races. Like, Cynthia, you were chased down to the line at um badlands and katia you were chased down by Lale wilcox who's been like a huge well, you were the sport. chaser for a while though so <laughs> i don't like being in the lead actually so i'm the opposite i'm totally chasing is more fun i'd rather be chased absolutely so <laughs> I, I if we ever if we chased. ever compete against each other we, we know where we're gonna both succeed yep. <laughs> amazing um well, speaking of chasing, you finished second at Tour Divide 2023, and you were not without your fair share of mechanicals and things are happening. I think that's actually the first time I had heard of you. I was like very glued to your Instagram stories, which I loved, um, but would love to just hear a little bit about your Tour Divide run. Uh, Tour Divide was interesting because it's definitely the longest race. And generally, from my little experience before, I knew I was way better at races that are shorter, like 300, 400. Uh, where I could like really push myself and then die and then tour divide I like definitely knew I couldn't do that Hmm. Uh, yeah my experience has come out 300 I'm like uh like I don't have much left in me something (laughs) like some something's gonna happen it's Mm -hmm. like not going well Uh, so there I had to really think about what I wanted to do uh, to finish Um, Mm -hmm. and essentially my before I even like talk about the main race essentially how I did okay and finished is that I um I did a smaller race before where I like kind of had my fair share of um, health issues, mostly mm. just my Achilles, mm. figured that out, figured out food, like what I need to do, and then slowly recovered by biking to the start of Tour Divide. Mm-hmm. And then I think that really put me out to do well, because when I like when I started, I was already like my body was accustomed. Um, I wasn't pushing myself. My personal kind of philosophy is you should probably start a really long ride already a little tired hmm. so you're not like super excited and blow up 
I find um, that very interesting. Like that, we do different race distances so far. I'm much more yeah. of a shorter racer, so for yeah. me, like I'm like I don't want to be too tired because I'm just gonna sleep. not not sleep. But it's different for these longer races where you like actually have to sleep and you need to like prioritize the rest but also yeah it makes sense your legs it's like they say you know you got to do like intervals or like openers mm-hmm. or whatever before the race you're doing them just <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you're instead you're just riding your bike to from california yeah. to to canada is that did you start in california when you no started? no okay. it wasn't that far so the race that i did before was uh cross washington so olympic okay. peninsula to like spokane area hmm. okay uh and then i biked at a more chill pace from Spokane to Banff. Okay. And but cross so Washington's far. not a short race. It's no, what it's 700 a, miles. 700 miles. So that's yeah. like 1600 K wow. or something like that. Yeah. And how many, so, yeah. how long did you, from when you finished the race to when Tour Divide started? Uh, I had a good amount of time. I don't know if it was fully two weeks, but something around then. So oh, I was okay. dragging my feet. Uh, I think in, <laughs> yeah, in Fernie, I spent a couple of days in Banff before <laughs> before in Banff um, when you arrive and I was already there for a few days I'm like can I just start like mm, I'm tired yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> there's you, nothing like that feeling where you're at the start of the race but you still have to wait and you're like yeah. can we just get it done <laughs> well on tour divide particularly because it's around 200 people in this town and you see everyone and it's just mm. kind of like nervous energy I don't yeah like really anxiety yeah yeah yeah, and then people... I looked at track leaders, like, because you we had to specify goal times for mm. seating, because there's so many of us, we had to go in waves based on our goal times. I was like, there's so many women who are do like claiming 17 days, so like top 20 days, and 17 yeah. days is like pretty fast. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my <laughs> god! Awesome. Well, like... the race behind you was crazy tight too, like like third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Like mm-hmm. there was a huge kind of wave of of women who came in right after you. Mm-hmm. So on Tour Divide, I guess my goal was, I didn't really have goals, but I, I'm happy it happened is I, I do bike fast. Um, and so I think I kind of started biking fast from the beginning. And I know I can redline a little bit, mm-hmm. like uh, I could just go fast the first couple of days, like day or two to like build up a distance and then see how I feel. And I know my body generally recovers pretty well uh, with those kind of things. Um, and so, cause at the end, like the distance would stay somewhat similar. It's just I had like a buffer. Mm-hmm. And how many hours were you sleeping? Typically? I don't know. Um, I'd say between four and five. Five, I'd feel good. Four, I'd be kind of tired, but functional. Anything below that was like strategic. Like I need to make it to somewhere or it's going to yeah. be really hot or like one of those. So I, you know, I, I, this is always, I feel like there should be an asterisk next to this type of question because it's like, how many hours did you sleep? But how many hours were you stopped around the time that you slept? And like, did you get better along the route at getting more efficient at like, basically just like, you know, are you doing like a strip in the parking lot and in your sleeping bag in like 30 seconds? Like I know in, in Colorado trail, I, I um heard that you slept without a sleeping pad after a while, because it took too much time. So like, yeah, how efficient did you feel by the end of it? And like, how much time do you think you were spending like getting ready? to go or getting ready to sleep um i'd say i don't know if i improved that much and it does take a while to set up sleep maybe not yeah, yeah i'd say almost 20 minutes that's like, crazy yeah. to get in and out and the problem is i did use a bivy and a sleeping pad and a quilt 
Uh, and I think the biggest problem is the sleeping pad because that takes time yeah. to blow up and put away. It's just annoying. Mm-hmm. And B, I did have a seed bag, which I do like, but my uh, stuffed sack for the sleeping, uh, or sorry, for the quilt, um, it's like kind of wide where I can put it in, but I can't put it in quickly. So mm. by the end of tour divide, my knuckle was like stripped oh, from like yeah. pushing the bag in. <laughs> yeah. So it was really oh. painful. I get that on my um, fingers, my like my cuticles and stuff from shoving in bags. They yeah. just get destroyed. Same yeah. thing. Ah, so ow. it's a pretty tight fit, and like I feel like if anything, that took a really long time. But I do like the bag, um, and I still brought it on Colorado Trail. But um, yeah. Um, to, yeah, essentially, I don't think I got better and I could just have better equipment that mm. fits better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it took a while. I think I got a little better at stored by the end. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And partially, I was biking a bit with Caleb, who caught up with me, because when I had a mechanical um, kind of like in Colorado, the group that I was riding with, I mean, it's not like really a group I'm riding with yeah. more people but that the I people see and try to keep up with. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The like, yeah. slight crowd. Yeah, they got away, so they were about four hours ahead of me, and then no one was really behind, um, and Caleb had some Achilles issues, so I think he was recovering. He's definitely a faster rider, so over time, he caught up, and I was really excited, like, two days after. I like, didn't see another rider for two days, mm. and then he caught oh. up to me in Del Norte, and I was like, Caleb, <laughs> Man, I'm so excited for someone else to catch me. Um, so we biked a bit together, um, well, I mean, like, probably two, three days and I knew that he would drop me any moment if well I mean like you're biking by your like right like yeah. mm-hmm. you're not like waiting for someone really and mm-hmm. so at stores I knew he was faster so I was like freaking out I was like I gotta get my stuff together so mm-hmm. I'm not alone for two days again <laughs> um yeah. yeah so in summary I think I got better yeah I didn't get better on Colorado Trail because uh, by better I just was more, more tired because there's less sleep uh, and mm-hmm. so as you're biking, you see some, like, really cozy-looking pine needles. You're like, that's good enough. I don't need mm-hmm. a pad. While on Tour Divide, like, comfort matters a little more. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so long, and you're wanting to mm-hmm. make sure that, like, you're you know, one really bad sleep, sleep could, yeah. Yeah, could yeah. mess you up for a few days. Mm-hmm. When I was sleeping in chamois, uh, sorry, I was sleeping in chamois on Colorado Trail, which is on advice for, your, you know, your butt health. <laughs> but because it's so short, it's like, okay, well, maybe yeah, I'll get yeah. more saddle sores, but it doesn't matter. But Tour Divide, like, you have two, you have. two more weeks of biking, potentially. Yeah, you can't do yeah. That. yeah. you got to take it off, for sure. Gross. Um, yeah. What was your highest high on the Divide? Because, I mean, we've talked a little bit about your mechanicals, and you've talked about <laughs> that as well. But what was kind of the highlight of the ride for you? Um, nothing because people have asked me nothing like particularly mm. comes to mind mm-hmm. uh there's yeah. there's a few like just like instances one like well when you saw wise, Caleb should... that yeah, seems like a good yes, Caleb, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> that was a highlight but another thing of Caleb is when we did a bad job uh, in New Mexico of like knowing for sure the resupply and when we'll get there because we mm neither one of us has done the ride before so it's really hard to tell like yeah, oh, yeah. in 300 miles actually i need to worry about resupply now because you think in 300 miles it should be not an issue but abiqueue is where we didn't the town closed uh down and there's like nothing like no, no gas station no um, oh, no vending machines nothing and so the funny thing is we were digging for trash to find food and i, oh I can remember like thinking uh, that's absurd <laughs> but like in the best way like i actually think i saw a video yeah. of you doing this like yeah. rifling through a trash can looking i'm for all food. laughing and it's all like kind of a joke even though it's like somewhat serious like right you haven't had good food in 300 miles and the next day you're gonna yeah. be hungry i i um, mean that isn't 
Um, I just feel like I need to applaud you for that. You got to do what yeah. you got to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. to get oh, no. the job done. If he found pizza in a trash can, I would have eaten, eaten it, it 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's like not a question. <laughs> okay, so was so, that your lowest low, though? Oh, also, no, that was a highlight. Well, okay. <laughs> this is just so funny. Okay. <laughs> I, it would have been a low for me because I would have been really hungry. But okay, so that this is a highlight. What's your lowest low, then? um what's my lowest i mean mechanicals were damp on the the whole ride but where i hate uh, kind of actually ironically but where i hated the ride and thought i was gonna quit was 10 miles away from the finish wow. line <laughs> it was like 113 degrees oh. um crazy headwind to the point where like it doesn't feel good though because it just feels like a hairdryer uh-huh. that mm. doesn't let you bite yep. Yeah. And then you pour water in yourself and less than a mile later, it's evaporated. And so having that straight road, I was just like, this is a horrible way to end tour divide. Like I've been on yeah. this already for 40 miles, which is over probably around four hours. And I have another hour of this 10 mile that I like just do not want to do, which is like a sad ending. It's like, it could have been good, but it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. It's so funny how anticlimactic finishing a mm. bike packing race can be because mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, a world tour thing or even a gravel race where you finish and there's often like a lot of people and you're coming through a finish line it's like you're usually kind of in the middle of nowhere and you don't know if anybody's going to be there you probably don't have your own things at the finish line and Mm -hmm. you've just gone through this massive experience both physically and emotionally and then you're like well it's over now Yep. Tour de Ride is particularly bad at that because it is like 65 miles away from any big road and even that big road like you know like no one just goes there for fun like there's Hachita, 45 miles away, which is a tiny town, and uh, uh, Jeffrey with the bike ranch like picks up people. So like that's awesome. And if it wasn't that's there, really cool. the end is actually truly dangerous because you're like, oh, I'm like so close to the end, and you don't think about the fact that you're in a hot, hot desert in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So if he wasn't there to pick you up, you need another 65 miles to go like to get somewhere. To get somewhere. Oh my God. There's no water there. Uh, and if it's that hot and you're using water to like cool yourself down, um like yeah, it's pretty dangerous. I was just thinking about it. It's like, yeah, it's the end and everyone's excited, but you could still die out here. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Yikes. I don't know that I heard maybe you talked about this on another podcast, but you know, for our listeners, what was kind of the motivation between racing the tour divide? Uh, partially just life. Um, I knew I was good at endurance, uh, in general. And I've been, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm competitive, but I enjoy competition. Um, and yeah, so bikepacking in general just intrigued me and tour divide was one of the longer ones. And because of my job, uh, previous job kind of with how much time off I had and just in general, like potential transition to a different job, it just kind of widened. Like if I just got this like job, uh, that I like I would probably would have felt like I could, can't go bike uh just yeah. yeah new things are hard but there's I was there for three years and it was a good time to go and my boss was super supportive um so yeah so a bit of life a bit of well this is probably once in a lifetime opportunity to do tour divide maybe I'll do it again but if I do get a new job like that'd be hard to do like, yeah. the next year because people do ask me like oh what about next year I'm like next year's probably my job yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta be a, a real person uh, yeah. a, a person of society <laughs> so it's almost a bummer that I like did well this summer because mm. I feel like I'm just starting uh but yeah. really in my mind I thought it was just gonna be a one summer one-off mm-hmm. 
Well, the exciting thing about, and Cynthia and I have talked about this before, but like the best part about being a woman in sport, you're 28, right, Katya? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for endurance bike packing, you're very young. And like you only get better from here. You only get better. So that like, I understand it's a bummer because, you know, you have to go back to real life and, you know, we both are working jobs too, but it's exciting on the other hand, because you have so much more time left in the sport um, and exciting to have such like, you've been, you've been cycling for quite a while, but like exciting to have such an incredible debut, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I guess the, the, there's a lot that goes into races outside. Like I'm a firm believer now that I've like spent a week or two before races, like either acclimating or like actually bike touring. Yeah. Uh, And that's really important. So it's not just like, well, time off for the races. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes in before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you like long races. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I'm definitely going to bike more, but like for example, I do want to do Silk Road. Mm. I heard that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, next year. But I don't know. I mean, twenty four. Oh my yeah. god! I have to oh, see. I'll see you there. I, I have to see though. Away. I don't know how the job goes. Like maybe they'll yeah. be like awesome go, or maybe there's like a burning project that I have to work on. Mm. Yeah, I will say Silk Road is one where it's definitely worthwhile to get there. Like I went last year and ended up scratching on the. I don't remember what day it was. I think it was like the fourth day, but I got really, really sick. I also got sick in transit. Food um, poisoning? I think I had a combination of like a parasite, food poisoning, mm. altitude sickness. I had strep throat when I started. Like it was just the perfect cocktail of like all the worst things. Um, but like one of the things that is really helpful is getting used to the food ahead of time and also just spending time up at altitude. Even if you're not getting like the training benefit, just being able to survive mm-hmm. because you, I think most of the race is over 3,000 meters, which I don't know what that translates into. 9,000 feet. feet, basically. Yeah, yeah. So you're spending like a lot, a lot of time at elevation, which just like it impacts all sorts of things, right? I mean, that's what I did for Colorado Trail because you jump from like 8,000 to 13,000 less than a day. Yeah. yeah, wow. Or not less than a day, but yeah, around a day. But uh, my joke is kind of for every race, there's some kind of acclimation. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I guess tour divide maybe not so much, but um, no, Colorado Trail. There's definitely some sort of acclimation for tour divide. We just need to yeah. figure out what it is. But anyway, you're yeah. getting used to living on your bike. Like yeah. I think that's kind of yeah, like a lot of people go into it and they're like, "Oh, it's a bike ride," but no, you're at, like your bike is also your home. Did anybody yeah. see that meme on the internet recently where it was this guy and he's like, "So I'm going on this bike packing trip," and he's like, "This is going to be my home for the next month." With here's my kitchen. Oh, here's it's like all two my days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's his personality? Tubeless Tommy? Yes, yes, yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I have seen it. Okay, okay. All right. So for um, but that's for Tour Divide. And you were saying? Oh, uh, yeah. So Colorado Trail, there's elevation acclimation. Like mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Arizona Trail, it's heat, like heat acclimation. Uh-huh. And then I feel like the joke for uh, Silk Road is it's food acclimation. You like get in, yeah. get sick, get oh. get in two weeks before, <laughs> get sick, and then you're good. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, everybody I know that toured and ate the food like two weeks beforehand got super sick and then they were fine during the race. Whereas like, or the alternative is you just do not eat any local food. And like the best part about Kyrgyzstan is they have these Russian noodles, like instant ramen that is like 900 calories a package. Uh It's wild. So you could just sustain off of that. 
Hmm. Well, I think that's an advantage to me because I do speak Russian and can read it. So at least food-wise yeah. in the wow. stores, I could just go in and like know what the like what the food is and like maybe communicate with locals. Hmm. Well, that's, that's a huge exciting. advantage. That's I mean, mm-hmm. that's a huge. That's advantage. why I want to do it partially because yeah, like, you should. Yeah. You <laughs> should. as close as I will get to being back home, which mm-hmm. I haven't been back since I left. Mm. Yeah, and now is probably well. You just no, it's not the time to go. Not a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So with these super long races, I'm curious, like how, especially given that you are lining, are are you, are you confirmed to do the Arizona Trail? Uh, I haven't registered, but yeah, I, I am planning on it. Cool. So with, I mean, for some people, these they do one of these bikepacking races a year, and they're spending, you know, the rest of the year recovering. But I'm curious, especially given that you have back to back events, like how do you approach recovery after an event hmm. like the Tour Divider Colorado Trail? So far, I actually feel really good, and I don't feel abnormal mm-hmm. uh, after tour divide i felt totally fine like i could have turned around and just went back to banff like there's no like long-term <laughs> issues uh, the only thing that like i did notice was different is eating i think for a solid month my appetite was like way higher mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i i would eat something and go on a bike ride and instantly become hungry and mm-hmm. bun. yeah um that's the only thing i've noticed like recovery wise just I guess being hungry mm. uh, but body body was fine I feel like power I didn't lose I tried really hard to eat during tour divide even though I didn't eat that much but like try to eat a little bit all the time uh, so I don't think I lost power so as in I didn't lose weight my muscles mm-hmm. were yeah. beaten. Um, so that was nice and then uh, tour divide to Colorado Trail is essentially kind of just keep biking maintain like you don't need to do anything crazy just as long as you like go on bike rides here and there mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then two weeks before or we went to Colorado to acclimate. And then that's when I stopped working. So I had like, I could do day rides mm-hmm, and nice. I did go on a four day romp around the mountains uh, to acclimate, but also just to, I guess, bike. That, that was my strategy of making me a little tired at mm-hmm. the start of Colorado mm-hmm. trail on purpose. Okay. Um, and then after Colorado trail, I felt also great. Uh, I needed two um, eight hour sleep marathons right away, but um, <laughs> like I'd sleep for eight hours in the middle of the day and then I would go, to sleep at normal time hmm. um yeah. but other than that yeah no long lasting issues or damage or feeling bad i feel like a five-day race doesn't really kill you as long as you don't get um, yeah like ailments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you um, you finished yeah, so. colorado trail not having any sort of pain in your achilles like nope. it was totally fine i figured out my achilles i That's think great. um uh, i think it's just having a seat lower i mm. my entire life i love getting like I don't know, for day rides, it, it wouldn't matter. And I like having my seat really high. And um, I mean, my hips wouldn't sway. So it wasn't like high enough. That so was like, obviously high. Uh, but and that's how you get that's how I get power. Like, I feel mm-hmm. really powerful if I'm high up. Mm-hmm. And then lowering the saddle, like kind of is a bummer, because you feel like you're like not as powerful, but sure. you get used to it. Yeah. And so that's yeah. what I did. And then having um, KT tape really helped me um, on mm-hmm. Cross Washington to mm-hmm. like not make it worse. Mm. and so I, I keep carrying kt tape around um Smart. so yeah on tour divide oh i guess on tour divide oh, sorry not tour divide on the colorado trail i did have a one ailment was but i think everyone kind of got some breathing issues mm. i yeah. lost my voice pretty completely and i had a weird cough with like this mucus yeah. so i tried really hard to breathe out of my nose only um and then when you sleep you just kind of have like a nasty cough yeah but is, so many people like? I talk to we call were... that ultra cough in our household because the same the same thing ha- I think I my kind of two cents and I'm not a scientist or anything but a similar thing happened at Silk Road and I think 
like everybody had this cough and this mucus and I think in part mainly just from being up high the whole time mm-hmm. and the dust you're inhaling at the mm-hmm. same time as well mm-hmm. so I tried really hard to just breathe out of my nose and not do the <gasps> kind of breathing yeah uh, which does make you slower because like if you're climbing up a hill and your mm-hmm. heart rate goes up you kind of want to breathe out of your mouth, your mouth. You yeah Mm. Um, so that was the only thing so it took me maybe a couple of days to stop coughing all the mm-hmm. time I was like did I pick up COVID on the trail somehow oh. like I don't think I did but maybe I did mm. um, yeah, you just got a case of ultra cough yep <laughs> and so for Arizona trail I feel fine I'm like still biking and doing like weekend rides and afternoon rides I totally feel okay I need to I picked up running right before this um, episode mm. or recording mm-hmm. I did go on a run <laughs> nice um and the point of running and hiking is because you have to do that in the arizona trail right so much of those races yeah you're like running and walking i mean i think it'll help actual biking too but um just you know like leg stability like having some calf muscle that you normally don't use that Mm. makes you less tired Mm -hmm. it just can't hurt yeah also having bones be less fragile because i keep breaking bones Mm -hmm. like if you run or do weights i think if you fall you're less likely to break bones Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah because running and lifting weights helps uh maintain bone density or Mm -hmm. build bone density so Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean it's just good like in general overall health i think like Mm -hmm. if you're a road racer just riding your bike and doing like small amounts of strength training is fine but these are not like the, yeah. the tour divide and colorado trail yes they're an arizona trail they're bike races but i think it's a lot more than just riding mm-hmm. your bike oh right? yeah. yeah colorado trail especially like i don't know how much walking there is mm-hmm. and also like off piss too uh because there's a skinny trail and you're like usually roll your bike on it and then you're like going over a lumpy uh like lumpy grass that you can't even see or like loose rock mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost like you really need to have like good ankle stability ankle to like, do st- yeah. it well. Yeah. Jeez, that's I that kind of thing scares me because I don't have that. I like break. I'm <laughs> always afraid of. I could never be a trail runner because I'd be like, I break my ankle, yeah. which is probably why I haven't done Colorado Trail yet. Um, uh, but yeah, you get used to it. You I get suppose. used to it. And okay. <laughs> some things are really <laughs> steep there to the point where it's like easier to just pick up your bike and like mm. run with your bike or walk. Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of my strategy. Um, I just pick up my bike and like kind of shuffle up until I get tired. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you just started running a little bit and prep for AZT. I think, I mean, I might know the answer to this, but what does your, your training look like on the bike? Cause you do have a pretty like time intensive career. Yeah. What it, What is, and you don't like to have plans. So I'm curious what your <laughs> training looks like. It's loosey goosey. Like if I had a personal trainer, <laughs> I would love it, but I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I try, I don't know. It's just like generic, but generic also because I like different things. So I do yeah. run here and there. I like go on afternoon mountain bike rides that are like skill based more than like, ex- exo- like, you know, like you're tired on it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. on weekends, I try to have a long ride um, that is more of like trying to go uphill fast on segments. Mm-hmm. Um, I do weights because I like weights I used to climb but because um, actually I do have nerve damage in my hands uh, from bikes and mm. so it's hard to crimp so like climbing right now mm. is kind of annoying yeah and I, I noticed I lost a lot of upper body strength after this summer because I used uh. to like be able to do three pull-ups and do certain weight like mm-hmm. um to like certain weight as an like actual weight for dune yeah, weights like, yeah um, yeah and then now it's like way lower because I went to lift yesterday and I was like, oh, I can't do it anymore. Hmm. 
Um, <laughs> and I think that helps, like upper body helps both of being less tired while you're biking, especially technical things. Like at the end of the day, like your abs and arms don't hurt as much. It helps if hike a bike because that's a lot of shoulder running, like both for if you crash, it helps with like not breaking stuff, but mm-hmm. also helps with just general fitness and hike, hike a bike, especially if you run like uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more or less my training. Just try to do something every day. Did yoga yesterday, mostly also for nice. like stability and not having my spine all mm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. lopsided from biking. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the the training. That's I I personally think in terms of like ultra racing or bikepacking that you don't need to follow a like very strict regimen. Yeah. I know that a lot of people out there need that. Um, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like that's not something that you need. Like you needed to be flexible. I naturally need exercise every day. So it's not like, it's not my fear that, Oh, I need to get myself out. Like I will, because I feel sad if I don't, it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a matter of what I do. And the only thing I pay attention to if I do have a bikepacking race is that I should diversify what I'm doing or like try mm. harder in certain things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do group rides that are road uh, rides and I normally don't love them, mm-hmm. but I think they're really good training because it does force you to kind of compete against other people and like try yeah. hard to like, get up the hill. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's friendly, but if you have someone going yeah, fast yeah, in front totally. of you, it's way easier to go fast than yeah. if you're on your own trying to follow some kind of interval. Totally. Yeah, then going and mashing intervals up the yeah, mountain. By just yourself. I can't do that. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, not fun. I have Zwift though, and I probably should write it more because I, I feel like that's actually a good way mm. to get your intervals in. That's like a fun way that's mm-hmm. safe. You're not yeah. on the road, I like looking at yeah. the screen. Uh, but I can only really do that in the winter when it's dark. Yeah, I hear yeah, that. Totally. Mm. But I do like so- it. Yeah, I I like Swift. I got into it last year. It was normally like an outsider. I know you're Cynthia. You're like you're nuts for riding the trainer. I don't know. I find there's something meditative about being able to zone out and just get like a quality ride in and not like my biggest stress is cars when yeah. I'm going out, especially in the winter, especially like where I live. It's raining. It's people are just terrible drivers. Like yeah. if I can get in three hours or two hours or whatever and just zone out, that's great. Um. But next up is Arizona Trail, yeah, which you mentioned it comes with heat, but there's also another layer for just a little explanation for listeners is that like one of the hardest parts of the AZTR 800 is the hike a bike in the Grand Canyon, which is about 21.7 mile stretch of trail with, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is in meters, but 63,000 feet of descending, 55,000 feet of climbing, and your bike cannot touch the ground. So you have to carry your bike through the Grand Canyon what how are you planning to approach like <laughs> this type of hike a bike uh i actually like hiking so that's the part i'm the most excited for i always thought i was a bad hiker but i think but i always thought from last year's colorado trail i thought i was a bad hiker but really my bike was just really heavy <laughs> but i'm not bad mm-hmm. <laughs> um and but, like hard to carry so i'm excited about it i haven't figured out exactly plan um so for context i did try to do arizona 800 uh two three years ago i don't oh, remember two okay. years ago okay not the not last year but the year before that uh but that was the year when my leg was also semi-broken oh my okay. god <laughs> me and my legs that seems um, like a complicated <laughs> thing to do with the partially broken or yeah, yeah no kidding. Leg. um but i did kind of like yeah i had a system there and i had a plan um and i had a hardtail and it was my first race 
but because of many things that went wrong, like I like put a new saddle on, which you shouldn't do. <laughs> My grips were something I should have rode more than three hours on. Mm. Um, so a lot of things went wrong and the leg didn't mm-hmm. help because I kind of had to sit around, like sit way more than I normally mm. would on a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I, I quit at the 300 and that trail destroyed me. Like, wow. Yeah, it was just like horrible time. I did not have fun. Mm. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just bad time, entire time. Um, so I had a plan at least. And my plan, um, well, I guess how I trained for that then, and I probably would start that now, uh, is to, I mean, hike with my bike. Mm-hmm. here yeah. and I yeah. think I'll just put it in a backpack I kind of had like a convoluted plan where I disassembled my hiking backpack to get the wireframe out and have the, the hip belt mm-hmm. um, because I like I knew I, I wanted something sturdy but I didn't want to carry yeah. like a heavy frame backpack the entire time but we'll see what I do um, but my friends now I have a few friends who are like we'll go hike with you like while you carry your bike oh fun <laughs> Nice, a little bit of company while you're doing something yeah. really of not like outrageously crazy. <laughs> I mean, Bay Area is funny because people are like, kind of not surprised to mm. see mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think when I did it two years ago, people were saying, "It's weirdo walking weirdo. The bike on like <laughs> on trails that I could be biking to." Which is mm. funny. <laughs> um, so I'll do a little bit more of that. It'll work out. Uh, hiking wise, I'm not too scared of a Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. If anything, it just sounds like an exciting challenge. And partially why I got into bikepacking mm, is because yeah. like, what's next? Like, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like running out of those things. Like, I already mm. know I can bike for the night. I know I could bike like 300 miles in a day, not on a mountain bike, but like on a road. Like, I'm running out of like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, I could do it faster, but that's like not as exciting. And so uh, doing there crossing the Grand Canyon um, like I know I can do it because a lot of people have done it but to mm-hmm, me that would yeah. be the first so that's exciting and I, it'll work out you just gotta strap the bike to the back <laughs> yeah and so much so I've cool. already done so much hike a bike for uh, Colorado Trail that I'm not like too concerned You're not about actual walking yeah no. okay yeah. so you've done Colorado Trail this year you've done the Tour Divide this year and now you're going to do the Arizona Trail. So for the people who are listening that don't know, these three races are U.S.-based races that um, make up what's called the Triple Crown. And it is um, kind of a more growing movement. Um, I think I became aware of it because Lael was said she was going to do it. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't realize that this was mm-hmm. a thing. So I don't know whose idea it was. Um, but you have done two of the three races along with Lael and Alexander. Alexandra also. and then Alexandra, uh, excuse me. Hannah. Oh yeah, Hannah uh, Simon. Simon. Hannah uh-huh. Simon. Wow, yeah. that, we're I, talking about all women right here. That's pretty cool. Yes. Are there any? Are there any other women? Any? Any men? Uh, who's? Well, there's plenty of men. I think yeah, we're yeah doing whatever. It. We don't yeah. need. To. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> no. though. Someone. It's like I all the all the men who I race with are super nice people. But yeah, whenever someone's like, "Oh, who's leading the race?" I'm like, "I only know who's yeah. leading it from the women's mm. perspective." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which me. honestly is a like. I think the women's racing is more exciting, yes. obviously biased because I'm a woman, but I think like in general, it's been tighter. There's like more excitement around it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. 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 Super I mean, cool. I, I like them. I, I kind of joke that I'm here for the dot watchers entertainment too. Yeah. Heck yeah. You're <laughs> rile up. <laughs> yeah. Rile everybody up. Okay. So did you plan though? You obviously plan to do, well, you kind of, you're not a, the biggest planner. I love it because I, yeah. I, I am the same way. I'm literally same way. So, but when everything was starting to come together after you did Tour Divide and you, your job situation was changing and you did Colorado Trail, 
when at what point did you decide well shoot I gotta do Arizona Trail now <laughs> like I gotta I do think it. I I had uh, the triple crown in my vision from the start but it oh. was more like I don't want to make a statement and I don't want to commit oh. and partially well partially it was um like if it happens great but like yeah. imagine telling everyone's like I want to do triple crown yeah. and then you can't you start tour divide on day two your Achilles blows up like, yeah that must yeah. feel bad mm-hmm. so if you just told you're in your own head it's like well I'll do my best and whatever happens happens mm-hmm. so I would kind of like give myself permission to like try yeah. but not like yeah. be accountable to anyone uh, mm-hmm. listening to me um but another thing there's unknown with my job too I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if I was for sure gonna quit because okay. Tour Divide was, I was still employed. Um, yeah. I was kind of like, well, if Tour Divide doesn't go well, I don't think I want to be jobless. Like, I want to continue working because mm-hmm. I'll be bored. Yeah. Um, but then Tour Divide went well, um, and I did Colorado Trail. But co- even before Colorado Trail, it's like, okay, Colorado Trail, like, I could break a leg because I break mm-hmm. legs all the time. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, so I just, I, I don't like making statements because, hmm. like, really, who are they for? Like, yeah. other I don't know. It doesn't seem like it makes Some sense. people need to make the statement follow through, but it sounds yeah. like that's not me. Not you. Yeah. No. No. I well, I, I'm generally looking excited uh, to the challenge. And I mean, I get afraid and I do question it, but I don't need motivation to go do them because I told a bunch of people. I yeah. Don't. Like the external, mo- it's internal. Your motivation comes yeah. from in- internal and not external. Yeah. And that's impressive. Yeah. It's very impressive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I would hate it the other way. I know Katie Stromke told me that I think scientifically people get kind of like adrenaline rush from telling someone that they'll do something mm-hmm. even though they haven't done it. I don't think I get that. I get like a oh, fear rush. Do like, you get like anxiety? No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. I definitely get the, I totally understand you getting um, the adrenaline rush for sure. Um, so I always cool. say, if you didn't tell the internet, it didn't happen. So, or, or whatever. It, you know. I'd rather tell the internet once I'm done. Once it's <laughs> I did it. yeah, yeah. That's so fair. Mm. So you've got this new job and I mean, having a career, are you an engineer? Yeah. Yes, you are an engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a, like a pretty intensive job and doing an intensive type of biking. Um, how do you kind of, balance is a word I, I don't really love, but how do you navigate those two things? And yeah. Um, I used to work really, really hard in grad school. Like um, that was way harder. But I think over time with jobs, especially once you have a job for too long, you just kind of know what you're doing. Mm. So I think work-life balance was fine. I just mm-hmm. didn't work more than I needed to. And mm-hmm. I think I did enough. Like my <laughs> my bosses weren't like, why aren't you like, why are you biking all the time? Mm. So <laughs> it just worked out. I had enough time to bike and I had enough, like I didn't overwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and hoping with the new job will kind of stay the same, but I'm maybe just grow up and I'm not as stressed anymore. Like I just know it's gonna work out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So it's been okay. I mean, obviously, if I completely didn't have a job, I'd probably bike a little more training wise. But even mm. then, I'm not yeah. sure because I was kind of a couch potato. That like needing <laughs> to be a couch potato when I had no job. Oh, like hey, I'd bike I some, but then that. I would scroll. On I my totally phone get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to two self-employed people, so we're like, yes, there are days of the week where all we do is sit on the couch when we should be riding our bikes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, not, it's not too different. Um, I guess I, uh, there's some uncertainty with having a job where, like, I just started, so I don't know, like, yeah. what kind of timeline. So if someone's, like, waiting for me, I'd feel bad. Hmm. Um, yeah. Before races, also, you're, like, so focused on the race that you kind of abandon your job a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely check out. 
I'm you're so relaxed about the way like I love that just saying like it's gonna work out and mm. you know the maturity to say that but I'm curious like is there any kind of tools in your toolkit to maintain that relaxed approach and mindset uh, to work biking or all of it like I I mean my read on, on you is that you're just very relaxed in how you approach you know work and biking and curious you know how I'm not, you I, I haven't life. been like this um I haven't been like this all my life um I think maybe it's just experience that it has. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, yeah. no major catastrophes have happened. Mm-hmm. It worked out. If you feel like you don't know something at work, while if it's your first job, you're like, well, maybe I'm incompetent and I'll never mm-hmm. learn. But really, like, in three months, you will, like, Maybe's know fine. pretty much ins and out. Uh, same with biking. It's like, I've done this enough. Uh, before, maybe I was, uh, I actually did have a lot of horrible races where I just feel awful, but that's because, like, I push myself too hard. I, like, get a, yeah. you know, like, if your body feels bad, if it's your saddle sores, your Achilles, like, that's a bad time. So once you, like, figure those things out, like, it's a lot more enjoyable. So for mm-hmm. Colorado Trail, I was pretty, like, it was kind of stressed before and was not looking forward to it. But really, when you start pedaling, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you don't instantly feel bad, and there are moments where you feel bad, but it's not, like, bad the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, like, is a fun experience. I have one question about, like, motivation. And this, to me, was interesting. You mentioned in, we um, when you were talking with Bikes or Death Guy about how he and we asked you earlier also about your highs and and the lows I mean it doesn't seem like you have too many in either direction and this is something I relate to um I find that I try really hard to stay in the middle of everything um I know Mel you and I have had this conversation before Mm -hmm. where we've talked about like you can't let yourself get too high or too low um like you sort of have to like almost become like I don't think the word is the right word, but like numb to it all. Like you're just kind of yeah. like get into like, well, a flow state basically. Um, like, do you feel like that is how you, you approach it or it just happens that way? Like what, what, how, how do you navigate like your mental fortitude and state of being yeah. during races? Um, I do focus on that. Well, first, first focus that I think really brings me down is just not let my body be broken in a bad way so there's the tired mm-hmm. I feel tired mm-hmm. and there's like there's something wrong yeah. so that's like the first step once you Number get one. that out of the way you're still going to be tired and you're going to have lows but from collection of well having experience of doing this a bit such talking to other people it's just like like this will pass um mm-hmm. like yeah. recognize that you're feeling bad uh, try mm-hmm. to do whatever you can to make yourself feel better but like that's okay and it probably will not last forever mm-hmm. uh and that like is kind of like an optimistic hope i guess like it makes you feel like mm-hmm. it just is what it is mm-hmm. um i don't know if i would like try to control my highs but i haven't had like extreme like oh i'm feeling so good i'm just gonna mash it now like and then <laughs> an hour later feel bad um yeah so just managing emotions from I guess, physical perspective. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Interesting. Cool. I feel like we could have recorded an individual episode on each of the things that you're up to. Like your job is fascinating to me and who you are <laughs> and then you're racing and like talk about Silk Road. Um, but we don't want to keep you all day. So I think we're probably safe to move on to our fun, this or that. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious, Tour Divide or Colorado Trail? Oh, Colorado Trail. I like mountain bikes. Mm, okay. Cool. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, okay. I we didn't even, we really didn't ask you about this, but music or no music while riding, um, and 
well yeah music or no music uh mostly no music but sometimes i need music sometimes you need music yeah same here so do you do you like when do you listen to the music when you're feeling low or like uh when I, if it's mountain biking riding downhill like that could just that, like add fun mm-hmm. uh, i tend to listen to podcasts more okay. and that's usually at night like it's a comforting yeah. voice um Same. like you're like kind of engaged a little bit i know that like mm-hmm. i need to start looking for a sleeping spot where like i just cannot cannot engage at all with what mm-hmm. the podcast is saying mm-hmm. um yeah, so usually at night, or like if I'm doing a really long climb and I need to zone out. So it is used a bit like medicine. Music mm-hmm. doesn't help as much with that aspect. Interesting. Okay, so yeah. you're more of like a, you just need something that your mind can focus on rather yeah. than like something that's like light and airy, which music is usually that way. Like yeah. you don't need pump up jams. No, if I do need to, <laughs> if I have a strategy of like, oh, I need to be fast on this uphill um by like walking fast actually it helps not to listen to anything just like focus on Hmm. my goal yeah Yeah. okay so what podcast are you listening to i was gonna ask you your pump up song but um yeah what's your favorite um i like the ones that don't change my emotions at all (laughs) that like don't make me sad or happy so if (laughs) it's like yeah so i like it like yeah planet money which is about the state of the economy (laughs) usually (laughs) 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 actually this is hilarious during the last race at Badlands, literally, I was on the phone with my two best friends, and we were literally having a conversation about like investment, uh, like, <laughs> like, so um, you know, like, uh, savings account, uh, high yield savings accounts, and stuff like that. So, oh my gosh, it doesn't change so your emotion. That's a great point. Yep. <laughs> Planet Money is usually like more interesting, like, it's not just it sounds kind of dumb, but they do a lot of like really interesting tidbits mm. on like how people think and what people buy. And, interesting, but like, uh, yeah, it, it's like usually is more of a story than like. Today's economy. Okay, so it's like a story. I've never listened to that one. I'll have to add that to my list of like, I'm always looking for things to listen to while racing. Yeah. And I'm not totally not into like economics in general. So, Mm. so yeah, you don't have to be. Um, And then like 99PI is usually good because it's kind of similar line of stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And like Roman Mars does a good job of making it entertaining. Like Radiolab, mm-hmm. like all of those, like anything sciencey or like Bay Area based, just like stories. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Headwind or rain? Hmm. Hmm. That's a tough, tough one. Okay. Um. I I, I can't answer them directly. I'm like, well, rain of no death mud, but <laughs> death mud. <laughs> so we. So I think rain. Rain. Probably. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. I think you're our first person to say rain. Well, headwind and tour divide are just bad. But yeah. if it was raining and I was in mud, then I'd definitely pick headwinds. Mm. But if it's like a road. Okay, so then the hair dryer is... headwind is yeah, that's horrific because it just like dries out everything. And you just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, There's no good answer. No. It's just yeah. hot yeah. takes, right? Okay, so if yeah. you choose rain, then um, are you okay with wet feet? Would you say numb hands or wet feet? Mm, wet feet mm, yeah i can't use my hands right mm, now so right now i can't i can't cross my fingers or put which them which is it your thumb index and middle or is it no your two? there's there's no numbness but on my left hand only the pinky and uh, ring finger or ring finger um i can't put them together so like when i'm oh. climbing i can't crimp i also can't cross oh. my fingers like i just oh. can't do it. 
Wild. Um, so like scooping things is hard. Mm. Grabbing, like if you're climbing, like grabbing holds is hard. Um, but otherwise it's fine. Also shifting would be hard if I had a two by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. Are you using uh, mechanical or electronic? Uh, mechanical... I'm thinking of maybe using electronic uh, because I also, I kind of, now that I'm saying, you're asking all those things and I'm like, oh yeah, I have more issues. Uh, my thumb really hurts <laughs> from overuse. Oh yeah, like from shifting. shifting. Yeah, that's why really I use hurts. electronic because I have that. Is you just press the button. Yeah, it's yeah. so much easier. But on Tour Divide, so many I know, people, I know, I know, I know. It's <laughs> like, I don't want to. Okay, so for those who are listening, Tour Divide, there was actually in many races recently, there have been people who have had a rear derailleur electronics just like die. So, um, yeah, we just saw in um, Lachlan Martin's attempt where he got the FKT or whatever. I don't really know. There's there's an asterisk there, but his his had that issue as well. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough. My philosophy is something is almost always something is going to break. It's Mm -hmm. not guaranteed to be electronic shifting. It is slightly more likely, but like, I don't know. So something's always going to break. So Mm -hmm. you just feel like if you have mechanical shifting it's less likely to break just on the shift totally part. but yeah you but you could break it you could, yeah or you could break a, a cable while you're riding and you have to and like, i did but i had a cable hey. <laughs> it's fixable that's the nice thing it's okay. like fixable while electronic <laughs> yeah. shifting may be less fixable but anecdotally sorry um we did ride <laughs> we did ride like a over this weekend a ride that's called Rosa Toads, but you need shuttle that's pretty long. And this woman in the beginning is like, oh, my e-shifting is not working. It's like, oh. I can't charge it. And it was actually kind of nice because we would have to figure out sh- shuttling for us to mm-hmm. get back. But we just mm-hmm. gave her our, like, our keys to the stranger. It's like, you can drive to the end. Because her car was already at the end. Like, she oh, so she couldn't use her bike. Oh, dang. No, but that's it, it worked, worked out. out. It, it worked, worked out, out for, for you. Oh, yeah. bar for the woman, though. Oh. Yeah. Mm. All right, last question because we barely even touched on like what you eat on all of mm. these these long rides. But I'm curious, like, what is your you're going into the gas station on one of these races? What is your go to favorite snack? Um, it shifts throughout the time. I like go from savory to sweet. Uh, savory is hard to find, but I'd probably go for burritos or Jimmy Dean sandwiches are quite good. Oh, mm. um, they also don't really go bad because of all the chemicals, oh. even though they're like. <laughs> cheese whatever it doesn't go bad uh but sweet things that i found really good and like was really excited about are those danishes and they don't sell them everywhere it's not hostess it's like something else mm. um and they have like 550 calories and they're like oh, they're moist yeah mm. they're moist yeah a pastry yeah. that's dry you're like well oh, it's terrible, <laughs> so all about the, the moist pastries yeah uh so those are really good and then yeah usually like frozen burritos i have to keep a pretty good mix of savory and mm, sweet and yeah. usually heavier on the savory side mm-hmm. but savory is hard it's hard to find yeah so all you could do is like burritos and like frozen sandwiches. like chips or nuts and it's like oh yeah, yeah. i don't like nuts many... and chips i don't buy because it's just chips are so hard to do yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i just mm. smash up my chips and then, and I then usually you drink end them up making like a yeah. porridge situation it's disgusting <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> like you pour water into the bag of chips no no no, okay, no, no. Okay, like okay. i'll smash them up so that's that, actually like, a good idea just dump them yeah i smash them up and i dump them and then i take a swig of water or coke oh, or whatever i'm consuming it's disgusting wait wait, wait. Yeah. hold on um this is what we really need to do it's going to be uh a bag of chips smush with coke in it and then you just then you just drink it there like you don't even need to put it in your mouth <laughs> gross so i'm gonna gross, try it but, i mean it's the same thing it's the same thing i'm gonna try it i'll let you know 
Oh man, I chugged a Coke, I think on Colorado Trail and I like can't burp, like physically can't burp. Um, oh, and yeah. My stomach, I like thought I was going to explode. Oh, like, oh no. That's awful. I'm sorry. Burping is one of the best feelings. Yeah. I haven't and you really can't done do it. it. Oh, no, I'm sorry for you. Mm, that sounds oh. terrible. One one time I, I, I took a swig of Coke and literally just like projectile vomited everywhere. Oh. Like couldn't, like whatever had happened inside my stomach within like 30 seconds, it just like couldn't hang, hang on to it. So at least you didn't do that. No, I was all stuck and I thought I'd have to go to a doctor because it's just awful. Feeling. It was that bad? Uh, oh I mean, God. I wasn't like actually concerned, but I was like, uh, I was like, what are gases going to do? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't escape. Dilute eventually. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, well, I feel like we could both talk to you all day. It's yeah, always such seriously. a pleasure to connect with other <laughs> other women doing these cool things. Arizona Trail Race starts. What's it? The second week of October. Yeah, it's earlier than I thought. Mm. So I'm gonna go to Arizona soon. Exciting. Uh, and where can I think you said this on Bikes or Death? You're, I know you're not crazy about posting on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, but your stories are great during races. Thank you. I do love your stories. Um, so we'll put your Instagram handle in mm-hmm. uh, the bio as well. And yeah, thank you so much thank for taking for the time. And We're wishing you luck on your race next thank upcoming. You. And hopefully see you on a start line sometime in the next yeah. year or yeah, so. I can, I can chase you and you can run away. You gotta give her <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just be, you know, cheering you both on from <laughs> very far away having my own experience. We'll be cheering you there. on too, Mel. We'll be here. We'll be uh, checking the dot watcher like, hell yeah, go Mel. Woo-hoo. Well, we'll hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you in Kyrgyzstan next summer, Katya. I'm, uh, uh, I won't hold you to so it, too. but yeah. I'm not cool. promising anything. Just be flexible. <laughs> if it happens, Incognito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you Thanks so much, Jen. Thank Have a you. Great Adios. Day, everybody. Bye.